Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the pan, onto the mound, our number two of Sports Talk. Scott Beatty and Evan Kahn now here with you for this hour. Coming up, the man who knows a lot about Illinois sports, Scott Ritchie, will be in. We'll check in with him. We're going to play two out of three. Also going to visit with a friend about an upcoming run here for a good cause. So those are some of the things on tap. If you have anything to join in about, 217-351-5357 217-351-5357 is the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. You heard about it. Roger Federer is retiring. That's a big international news in the world of sports. That's that's a news item in sports, but yet transcends sports <laughs> a little bit because of his international and celebrity appeal, I would say. Um, it's not, I would say, on the level of maybe... A starting quarterback having a broken thumb—that's that's huge news. That's that should lead your newscast. But Roger Federer uh, retiring is is big news. The White Sox doing what they can. At least today they beat the Cleveland Indians eight. Uh, Cardians shut my mouth eight to two. Where's the where's the jar? Put it in eight to two. They hit five home runs. What are they back to three out mm-hmm. with eighteen games to go? Cutting it close here, boys. Um, and uh, a neat thing in the world of baseball as well to uh, honor uh, Roberto Clemente an all Latino lineup for the Tampa Bay Rays in Toronto Uh, number 21 was kind of everywhere you looked in Toronto today Um, I I don't know I I don't know how to you, you know we can always fund a debate best players ever but I mean, of the, I wish I could have seen him play sort of generations past that I, I'm too young for, him and Willie Mays. Mm-hmm. Wished I could have seen him play. Yeah, great, great guy, great baseball player, and just somebody who, whose legacy lives on every year as they just uh, announced the 30 representatives from each team up for the Roberto Clemente Award. Really cool day every year, something that, that we've uh, agreed on for, for many years. It's probably a number that should be retired across baseball. Of course, that would mean Sammy Sosa doesn't get his number, but that would be okay. Um, we could... We could take the the 21 away for Roberto Clemente and and kind of surprising that it took this long for a a team to put out an all Latino lineup when you think back was it the the late 60s or early 70s when the Pirates had the first all 
non-white lineup with a mix of Latino and African-American players, but with the the influx and how, how much international scouting and drafting and all that goes into it that, that it took this long. But very cool that it worked out that, that way for the Rays and uh, just a, a cool day for baseball. Once again, too bad the, the Cubs don't play today. Yep. Cubs are off. They are back tomorrow and... The Cardinals, who got a nice win yesterday, will start a five-game series with Cincinnati <laughs> tonight. That is in Bush Stadium as well. NFL, we get going into the second weekend of play tonight. Yeah. And Al Michaels will make his debut on Amazon mm. Prime. I, I Chiefs like, and Chargers. I, I, I'm a big Al Michaels fan. Yeah. Even you know, to to this day, he's not one of those guys who who starts to fall off as he harkens back to to his glory days, as some announcers yeah. do. Uh, well sought at after whenever NBC decided to to go to Torico for NBC, but I still. Unless the Bears are in it, I, I just have a hard time watching the NFL on Thursdays, even if it's Mahomes and Herbert. I I don't know. It doesn't really move the meter for me. It's it's a it's a big game, but I'd be very curious how. I mean, this is not their first go around with this, but how well does it draw now that you've assigned a very big name announcer um, to it, and you I mean. It's an interesting move on his part because there was no better product than Sunday Night Football. <laughs> and I would argue was actually, I loved in its heyday Monday Night Football. I loved Al and uh, Frank and Dan Deardorff when I was growing up. I just thought it was a great product. And you, they put marquee games on it. Once it became the Sunday Night thing, I think yep. it was maybe even a better uh, broadcast. Oh. First with Madden. And I know Chris Collinsworth grates on a few people. I never had a problem with him. And I think there's a reason he's stayed in that slot for so long. Uh, he, 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 you don't just stay there accidentally. <laughs> so, um, I know he's not everybody, but I liked him. Um, so yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. But yeah, my, Al Michaels uh, wears like an old pair of comfortable jeans, um, <laughs> and doesn't sound like he's past his prime no pun intended <laughs> no not at all and and i agree 100 percent. i don't know when the flip was maybe it was when espn took over that monday night game but for years and years that sunday night matchup has been more intriguing the the production and the broadcast itself has been better than monday night football for a, a number of years and thursday night football still doesn't <laughs> fall on my on my radar i don't uh, until al michaels called it i don't know who called the game and it's still i don't know if, if that's a reason to watch the game but good to good to see al michaels still calling games gets to team up with a, a college guy in kirk herb street he'll get another go at it yeah that that'll be that 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 is more interesting how well will kirk herb street mesh into this mm-hmm. into this booth um and bears and packers this weekend yeah really. i think I, I i here's why i'd pick against the bears <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers lost last week, mm-hmm. and um, and he's he's kind of ticked off. It's a you heard you guys talking spreads last week or last hour with Coach Q and, and kind of like he was saying, you know, sometimes they, they don't make a whole lot of sense. But you don't see too many NFL games with double digit spreads, and the Packers are, are ten point favorites right now against the Bears. And I'm I'm right there with you. I'm I'm hesitant as a better. It's like well. NFL games don't end in double-digit spreads, so I kind of want to lean on the Bears. But at the same time, 
the Bears won a sloppy game last week, so I don't know if you can really gauge a whole lot off like of that. Literally a sloppy game. <laughs> yeah, in more in more ways than one. And Aaron Rodgers, like you said, it, it, guys dropping passes, you know that'll happen. And I, I'm sure he he had them, you know, catching off the jugs machine for the next 48 hours right after that game, probably in the locker room up there at, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium or whatever they call it up there in, in Minneapolis. But yeah, I have a feeling the the Packers are going to be looking for a little revenge. And um, we started in on this last uh, last hour. Um, student tickets for Illinois basketball gone like that. All three thousand sold in under an hour, thirty six minutes. It was clocked at. And um, reading the social media world, there's some students who didn't get tickets and they're not happy about it. Um, including one that uh, that was going out that, that made an appeal to the powers that be. I've been going for the last several years, and now I'm a senior and I can't go. Mm-hmm. I I need a little more information on this because I I don't. What's, well, if what's you have the more difference? information, that that's going to limit your ability to make a premature decision, <laughs> premature uh, judgment. So don't 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 get more information. But I. I don't know exactly what the difference between the Orange Crush and the student tickets are because, for from my understanding, I knew for a while the Orange Crush was you raised money and yeah. then you got your seat. So I don't know if the Orange Crush Crush is separate from these tickets that are being sold. And in, in that case, join join the Orange Crush, raise some money for a good cause, and you'll get yeah, to sit courtside. Or I don't know if they've shifted all of that into selling tickets. If that's the case jack up the price sell some more student tickets i think students are way better fans at the games than most adults are they're engaged they're ready to hoop and holler and stand and be involved so i i'm I'm kind of in the middle here because at the same time adults will pay more for those tickets and that's the whole point of why we put these things on (laughs) is to make money it's not for the student athletes and all that good stuff for the glory of the game it's for the the athletic department to make money so they've got to make their money so i i don't know exactly where that falls three thousand that's a a pretty good number what is that three divided by 15 it's like 20 percent of the seats in in the assembly hall or students i don't know how much more you want to go if you're or, asking or you for more go. i just want to i just want to make sure that i'm putting a voice to those that don't often get one and that's the rich and privileged <laughs> here like we need to make sure they're taken care of too of course never <laughs> yeah they, they just always get overlooked i, I mean look there is uh, you went through a whole deal with this when state farm got renovated and uh i think things were probably put in place then that are going to be in place for a long time I don't know how. You, uh, yeah, you're always gonna. The heartstrings are always gonna say, "More students, the better," and put the whole campus in there if you can. <laughs> but the reality is, is it's uh, it's 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 econ- economics 101, and 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 there's other people that want to go see this yep. and willing to pay for it. So and, they and should be allowed too. And yeah, and I would say, you know, once again, this it's you know telling the people the less fortunate how to live but it's the season ticket offer where you can get like a random seat every game for like 250 bucks like that's not that bad of a deal it's like 
20 bucks a game. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, it, it still gets you in the door. I, I know it might be a little more expensive than, than season tickets, but there's always options. Somebody's always giving a ticket away. But I, I feel or secondary for, markets. Yeah. And, and there was a time where they couldn't sell these seats out, right? Like yeah. when, when I first started doing the, the pre and post games, like the, the student section was embarrassing. You would see the Cardinals fan flipping off other fans and it's like, ah, oh, we need more students in here. So it's a, a good problem to have. Good seats still available for the Bethune-Cookman matchup coming in late December. Mm. We can could probably tell you that. So, Right before finals? Or is no, it right that's, after it's finals? in between is Christmas it, and New Year's. Christmas break, so nobody's going to be here. <laughs> there won't be any crush there. No. At least not in form. All right, Scott Ritchie coming up. Two out of three, want to remind you, is a little bit on the way. I'll give you the signal, and we'll take a contestant. If you can answer two out of three questions about this week's sports news, then you uh, will get 20 bucks to go eat at the Esquire or drink or whatever you want. So uh, stay with us for that all coming up. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us on Monday at the Esquire at 5 o'clock. The Illini Sports Writers with Steve Kelly. The guests, Illini great Becky Beach and Illini AD Josh Whitman. Monday night. You've got Sports Talk on this Thursday. We're here every day, 4 to 6. And you just heard Brian promo on Monday nights at 5, live at the Esquire with the News Gazette sports writers. One of those is Scott Ritchie, who joins us now from the Savoy Bureau of Sports Talk, covering the Illini and um, probably enjoying a little bit of a reg- more normal schedule. Scott, dare I, dare I speak it? Given there's no well, I mean, you know, football game this week, yeah, it's actually abnormal. Um, I've sort of gotten used to having a, a bit of a bit of structure to my weeks, having to be certain places at certain times, all at this time of year in preparation for a football game on Saturday, and you know, that's changed this week. And it's you know, maybe not unwelcome, but you know, I had to readjust a little bit. Well, it's uh, I think welcome for it. it did feel like. It's a quarter of the way through the season, and that's probably a good time just to, for a football team to kind of regroup and regather itself. Uh, there is a feeling, though, after how they played against Virginia, I, I, I wonder if the team can keep that momentum somehow because, frankly, when they play against Chattanooga, they're playing against a team that they should probably beat and will be heavily favored against, and then they have a bit of a gap again until Wisconsin. So... Do you wonder if there's uh, a chance here for um, momentum to sort of vaporize a little bit just because of the calendar? I mean, I'm sure that's one thing that Brett Bielma uh, is making sure it doesn't happen. But I think the fact that the Chattanooga game's on a Thursday, um, so if that changes you know, the schedule for you know next week to sort of encroach on the, the bye week a little bit, that might keep them a little sharper than if they had you know, almost, you know, two full weeks in between games, essentially. Because, um, you know, they'll jump into what, what is sort of the, you know, regular, you know, game week on, shoot, I think maybe tomorrow, 
No, it's not that. I mean, they have Saturday off, but then Sunday it's full go for Chattanooga. So, I mean, they got a little time to get their bodies right, you know, over the last four days, but then you know, they're just going to you know, get right back into that sort of you know, game week grind with a, a rare Thursday night game coming up. I want to we want to go back to football, but I I want to ask you about this phenomenon that is the students selling out their allotment of tickets at the State Farm Center very quickly in 36 minutes, and and what is the driver this year? Not that Illinois isn't going to be good necessarily, but the superstars, if you will, the the the, the household names, Io and and Kofi aren't aren't there. And yet, it almost seems like, at least Illinois would have you believe, the excitement's even more ratcheted up, even though there's more questions about this team. And I say that in a way meaning we just don't know because they're pieces that are all being put together as a group for the first time, not to just cast doubt on it. I'm just saying it's not as known of a quantity. Sure. Although, if you look at it in the last three years, you know, Illinois had a top four finish in the Big Ten, won a Big Ten tournament title, and then shared the regular season Big Ten title. So Illinois basketball, um, the expectation is it's back. And, like, the expectation is that's going to be a yearly thing now, regardless of what the roster looks like, at least from maybe the fan perspective. So, you know, the students were all in on that. And based on you know, what some people have you know, tweeted at me, it wasn't 36 minutes. It was more like 10 or 12 and all the tickets were gone. And mostly, you know, people's, you know, the website crashed about 10 minutes in, and then when people got through a couple minutes later after it was back up, all the tickets were gone, you know, at that point. Um, you know, part of that is there are only 3,000 of them, and that's a, a smaller number. I saw some uh, not Illinois fans, you know, commenting that, you know, it was only 3,000 because, you know, Purdue has about 5,000 um, Indiana has even more than that, I believe. Uh, but I just I think the idea that Illinois basketball is supposed to be good again all the time, I think that's where we're at now. So it's maybe incumbent on the team to to live up to that. And that's uh, that's it could be a tall order for what you mentioned. It's like it's a three quarters new team with a lot of young guys, but the individual talent is there. We'll see if uh, it all coalesces into another Big Ten contender. Well, I wonder what the uh, calculation is. Why you get how the, how you get to three thousand is because that's how the building was designed, and so that's what you get. Is that a value that we know we're going to sell twelve thousand others to uh, the civilian public, if you will? I, I I don't know what the metrics are are behind it, but um, students are very good at creating populist uprisings when it comes to these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, there was some. And people that tweeted at me was like, are they going to open up more? And I think I did see, I mean, the Illinois basketball count said that, you know, during the season, you know, there will be more tickets open at student prices that may aren't necessarily in the student, quote-unquote, student section, but they, they will be available um, as, you know, if there's any inventory, you know, to be had. Um, I don't know, when State Farm Center was reseeded, you know, back when, after the renovations, I don't know that – I think maybe they you know, were obviously hoping there would be sellouts, but at that time, Illinois basketball was not uh, what they would call uh, overly competitive. And 
and the sellouts really didn't start happening until that 2019-20 season. What do, you, what, what do you mean? That was a very competitive game with Winthrop. <laughs> well, sure, Keon Johnson was great, scored 38 points, and Winthrop, you know, won that game. Um, that was entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe not the, the kind of entertainment Illinois fans were looking for. Um, so I, I'm not, I think the... You know, part of that deal when they receded was, you know, if you donated a healthy sum, your new season ticket, it was pretty good. And I think yeah, that's something only has to balance is, you know, getting, you know, they have more crush seats closer to the floor than the last iteration. Um, but they have to balance that with, you know, making money. And they do that by both, you know, getting donations from season ticket holders with the good seats and selling those good seats to the you know, season ticket holders. So it's a delicate balance. One I'm like, I, I don't have to make, which is fine by me. Um, but, uh, there is, uh, seems to be a social media push is like, let's get more students you know, to the games. Scott Ritchie with us here on sports talk. Scott, this week we found out that Zach Perrin needs to finish high school so that he can get into the U of I. Does that, put any more pressure on anybody as far as increased playing time now that the that scholarship isn't going to be filled I, I know he was kind of thought of as a project considering he just turned 18 what like a week ago i mean he turned 18 in august so three weeks ago would be, would have been young for the class of 2022 like in class of 2023 he'll just be the right age eventually <laughs> um I, I don't think it I've sort of gone back and forth on this point, like whether you know, he would have made any impact you know, this coming season. But the fact that if he would have gotten in, it wouldn't have been until obviously the school year started, and he would have been just somewhat behind after missing the whole summer, albeit for good reason. You know, he was playing with the French U18 team. Um, so, I mean, would he have been able to catch up? Would it would it have been asking too much for? a newly 18-year-old living in, you know, a foreign country for the first time, playing college basketball for the first time, you know, to, to be, you know, a guy, um, especially, you know, a big man. You know, sometimes their development takes a little more time um, just because and, – and, and this is Jordan Zachary Prince case. Like, he hasn't always been 6'10". Like, he grew over the last two years to reach that, that height. So there's some just getting used to the body type thing. Then I look at how he played – in the spring, and this is in various events in Europe, um, then how he played with the French U18 team, which had two maybe first-round picks on it, you know, come next summer's NBA draft. Like, was he maybe the best player on the team? I, there's an argument to be made. I don't think it's just, so it's kind of tough to, to say what his impact would have been. I don't think it changes much now that, you know, he's not going to be on the team this season. I think, you know, it would have been a matter of if he was good to go, finding him minutes in the rotation. Um, now that he's not here, I think those just sort of revert to the guys who probably would have had them anyway. Um, a lot of Coleman Hawkins, a lot of Dane Danger in the front court, a lot of Matthew Meyer, maybe you know as well, just in a listed as a guard, but he's six nine, like he he can play like a four out four. And to to go back to football real quick as. 
We're here in the open week. As Scott said, we're a quarter of the way through the season, which sounds kind of weird, but numerically it makes sense. Where is your biggest concern as far as the, the football team goes? Well, it's probably the nine turnovers in the last two games because um, the defense has looked perhaps as advertised. And you know, even having to replace some important players like Kirby Joseph, like Tony Adams, Owen Carney, like doesn't seem to have lost anything defensively. You know, the, the offense has shown some you know, highlights, but again, nine turnovers in two games is too many. And eventually, I mean, it cost them at Indiana. It didn't against Virginia, but odds are, if you turn it over that much, like it's going to be tougher to win games. So they can hold on to the ball better, and they've shown they can move it pretty well both on the ground and through the air. So that's probably the biggest issue. And then this depth still. I mean, there's you know some injuries. So Ezekiel Holmes being out for the year. I mean, Gabe Ackes, like, slides into that role probably, and he was good, really good against Virginia. But then there's really nobody after him. Like, so there's still some depth issue at, at some certain positions that I think will just re- kind of remain, you know, uh, an issue as, as the season plays out. Well, Scott, what are you uh, working on here f- over this weekend? Uh, well, tomorrow through the weekend, given that there is no football game. Uh, it turns out still some football stories. Um, I have one on and just how the secondary has sort of you know coalesced with a somewhat new you know combination you know of, of players, and then another on you know, on the tight ends and sort of their unique situation this year you know, with no like specific position coach because you know Ben Miller is obviously you know you know not coaching and you know going through you know, his treatments but it's was a, a kind of a focus on Tip Ryman you know rising to the top uh, of that group so well football game still football coverage there is always um a gold mine of stories like that in college athletics isn't there like a Tip Ryman where he, uh, all of a sudden he's the number one tight end uh, what a weird, strange journey that's been. You know, Isaiah Williams was here to be a quarterback. Now he's your number one wideout. Um, all, all those kinds of stories that I think you don't get a, a, as much in the higher ranks because people are very defined and uh, developed and they know their roles. Yeah, and then if you look at a college football roster, there's 118 guys on it. So just the odds of there being you know, interesting stories, uh, you'll go up. Scott, appreciate you joining us. Right, thanks, guys. That Scott. is Scott Ritchie with the News Gazette. Hey, uh, colder temperatures are not that far away. Would you do me a favor and maybe consider getting on the maintenance plan for CU Trade Services? They can help you make sure your furnace is on the right track and ready to go for the rigors of winter or the fall season as well for the colder nights that are coming up. CU Trade Services, proud to be a winner in the People's Choice Awards, a fantastic staff that uh, loves what they do. I can attest to that. I'm having met uh, several on their staff. They're very proud of their company. They enjoy their work, and they have a good time together in a, in a fun environment and in an environment that works well as a team. So 
if they're doing all that, that means they're going to work well for you and your home. CU Trade Services has plumbing, electrical, and HVAC services, and they're a sister company to CU Under Construction. You may have seen that their vehicles running around. They're a good group. I recommend them to you, CU Trade Services. All right, when we come back, we will play two out of three, Evan Kahn. Uh, uh, after a pilot episode and another episode or two, uh, the producers say the demand is there for this show, <laughs> for this bit. Two out of three. If you are caller number three, you can play, and a winner of at least two out of three guesses correct gets you $10 to the Esquire. And if you can sweep the series, it's a $20 gift certificate to the Esquire. So caller number three to 217-356-9397. 217-356-9397 to play two out of three with us here on Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. When you're at your job, when you're at the grocery store, when you're alone doing laundry... Even when you're in the restroom, you're never alone. Because <laughs> thanks to this cool app, we're there too. Take WDWS, WHMS, and WKIO with you anywhere with the all-new News Gazette app. Download for free and stay connected while near and far. You won't miss any of your favorite music, shows, or Illinois sports with the all-new News Gazette app. Join us for Fighting Illini Volleyball Saturday at 10 a.m., a doubleheader at 10 o'clock against Illinois State at 6 o'clock Saturday against the host school, Marquette, in Milwaukee, Saturday. It's time for everyone's favorite sports talk game show. A little bit uh, more upbeat, huh? <laughs> this yeah. is a work in progress get here. You, get you in the mood. It's two out of three. Welcome to the show. All right, it's time to play two out of three. And our contestant today is Mike. Mike, you're on with us. Good afternoon. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Where are we uh, Where are we talking to you from? I'm here in Champaign on Park Lane. Very good. All right. Um, are no. you feeling knowledgeable? Uh, I hope so. Okay. We'll see. Depends how hard they are. Well, well, yeah. I and again, we're we're in our sports bubble here, so hopefully, okay. Uh, we'll we'll try and see if we can get you there. Okay, you ready for uh, question number one? And again, your goal sure. is to get at least two out of three, but sweep the series okay. if you can. Number right. one in in the two home games Illinois football has played so far, how many touchdowns has Illinois' defense allowed? Uh, it's it's pretty small. I'd say uh, I'm not sure if it's zero or one. Uh, you're 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 in the right area there. <laughs> I say zero. Ding ding ding. There we go. You're right. All right. Pretty notable. Wow. They've allowed a total of three field goals in the two home games. They did allow touchdowns on the road to Indiana, as we all know. All right. One down. You're in good shape. It's always good to get that first one. Question number two. Major League Baseball this week approved new rules that will go into effect next year, including pitch clocks, 
bigger bases, and the ban of what defensive alignment? The ship. You have already clinched the series, my friend. Here we go. You've already got $10 to the Esquire. Now to sweep right. the series. Double right. your money. All right. Tonight, Al Michaels makes his debut on Amazon Prime as an NFL broadcaster for that outlet. But this past Monday, what two NFL broadcasters made their debut with ESPN on Monday Night Football? Uh, Mike Trico and Collinsworth. So I'm close. sorry. Oh. They're on the Sunday night outlet, but oh. longtime Fox announcers Joe Buck and Troy Aikman moved over to ESPN and okay. made their debut. But, judges, how many did he win? We got two out of three. Mike, two out of three ain't bad. Hang on the line. You got $10 to the Esquire coming to you, all right? All right. All right. All right, appreciate it very much. Now, now we kill the movie. Well, no, because two out of three ain't I, bad. I get it. I get it. <laughs> we need like a an more modern, like an EDM remix or something, so that you know we just keep the energy. It's a game <laughs> show, after all. <laughs> all right. Uh, joining us here in studio for a quick moment is a friend of ours. It's Peter Elliott here to talk to us about an important cause and an important event to help an important cause, the Aruna Run. Peter, great to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're donning your Illinois orange. I'm guessing that's a, got some age to it, that oh, shirt, yeah. because it reminds me of one I had. The best Illinois shirts are the ones that look a little aged. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> die, shows your... Diehard fans. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It has kind of that older orange vibe to it but the block illinois oh yeah very nice uh you are uh involved with the aruna run tell us about what that's all about because uh it was happening on a regular basis and i know got covid interrupted yep yeah so we're excited to get back this is the seventh annual aruna run Uh, it's a race that we hold each year at the uh, u of i arboretum Um, and we raise money and awareness to fight human trafficking in india the name aruna r-u-a-r-u-n-a do you know what's behind that? So it's a it's a Hindu word that means bright morning sun. And so the idea is uh, we work with an organization called the Aruna Project that uh, is on the ground in India working with women to rescue them and giving them hope for you know, a brighter future. So that, that's where the, the imagery of the sun comes from. I see. Aruna uh, Run, uh, part of the ArunaProject.com. So the run is a week from Saturday uh, in nine days at, over at the U of I Arboretum. What is the nature of the race? Is it a run walk? Uh, the length? Who yes. can and should sign up? Anyone and everyone. It's a it's a run walk. There's people that do both, and there's people that take it really seriously and try to get a good time, and there's people that just enjoy the scenery of the arboretum in the fall and have a nice walk. Um, so anyone can can join us. The the cause is obviously pretty serious, um, but the morning is actually really fun and hope filled because uh, you know it, it feels good to make a difference in the community and in the world. And it's a tangible thing because every single dollar uh, from the registration to any money raised goes 100% to the to the cause. And so you feel like you're making a tangible difference in, in these women's lives. Very good. All right. Best way to get signed up or find out more information? Yep. So arunaproject.com. So aruna, A-R-U-N-A, project.com. And you can see all about the cause and you can, you can sign up for the race here. There are races kind of all over the Midwest. And so um, I think Cincinnati had one last weekend and raised a bunch of money. And so it's cool to 
you know, to do it with a bunch of other cities and other campuses. Um, but Champaign is the one that that's coming up here uh, next weekend. You feeling good about Illinois football? Oh yeah. I said before the year, seven wins. Uh, I don't know if that's six and a bull win or seven and a bull loss, <laughs> but I'm, I'm giving myself that margin. So yeah, not, so far it's it's confirmed, I think, both fears and and kind of strengths of the team, mm-hmm. and so I feel good about that prediction. All right. Peter Elliott, Aruna Run, coming up on September 24th at the Arboretum. Check it out, arunaproject.com. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And thanks to Mike for playing two out of three. We'll come back and finish out Sports Talk after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family. This is Illinois Volleyball Head Coach Chris Thomas. We're playing two on Saturday against Illinois State and Marquette. Listen in on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Sports Talk here. Uh, Earlier today, the outstanding secondary of Illinois' defense was part of the media availability and our very own Scott Ritchie did talk to Sidney Brown and his assessment of three games in so far. You learn a lot through the first three games. Uh, we did last year and we're still doing it now, um, you know, but we've done, I think the coaches and uh, the guys in our room have done a great job of kind of uh, fixing what we need to and adjusting to our opponents. You had a couple spots to fill yeah. with you know, Tony and Kirby and out in the league, but just, how do you feel like maybe, you know, You've done that, maybe, you know, Taz has stepped into that role, Kendall yeah. stepped into that role as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you can say we've kind of, we've, we've had big roles to fill, but I think those guys have filled those roles just right. You know, Kendall with the two picks this year and still trending and being a ball hawk in the back. And then Taz being, Taz being him, Taz being the Tasmanian devil on the field and working his it's only, it's only the start for them too. Coach Walters obviously gets a lot of credit as a coordinator for yeah. developing this defense. But what's he like? Just maybe when he goes into that safeties coach mode, when he's working with you guys. He's detailed, and he allows the guys to play, but he focuses on the details, like I said. But he, um, he's a great coach. He's great to work with. He's very relaxed, and um, he makes sure that we're in the right position at the right time. Learning through those first three games, and you know, maybe coming off that Virginia game where the secondary kind of across the board played really well. Is there, I mean, the things that you see where it's like, okay, we can do this just a little bit better, like we can yeah. take it even further. Yeah, well, with all due credit to the front, I mean, it's it's easy to cover when you got guys at the front mulling the quarterback and you know putting pressure on them. So um, I think on the back end too, we got Spoon playing his playing his tail off, and same with Taz, and you know, guys filling in those roles that we need to in the back end and. The guys just playing downhill, playing fast, and I think that's the most important part, but our front is doing a great job getting pressure on the quarterback, which makes it easy in our world. You guys play a lot of man coverage. Just what's the challenge there? Maybe it's where you have to be on it and just can't sit back in the zone and wait for something to come to you. It's easy to play man, like I said, when you've got guys at the front putting pressure on the quarterback. Um, but again, like I, I love the challenge. I love the challenge of playing man every play when we can, but it's just like a mono-a-mono mentality. And then again, just the guys getting pressure on the quarterback it just makes our world that much easier what do you think life's like for a wide receiver when they've got Devin like just draped all over them like every step they take I think (laughs) I think like the the most demoralizing part when being covered by him is when (laughs) the the little the little talking that he has after the play and you know he's gonna let you know he's there so I, I love the energy that Spoon brings I mean, I, don't, I think he like basically celebrates every single play. Like, every he's gonna let you know he's there. Yeah. He's, I mean, it might not be a celebration, but he's gonna let you know he's there. 
does that yeah. confidence does that spread to everybody else? Yeah, I mean it's it's contagious. I mean it's contagious even with the, the little thumbs down that things that he's doing right now. So um, I mean energy all along with the guys. Quan um, bringing that energy, especially before the game, because they were kind of chit chatting with us and um, trying to start something at the beginning of the game when we were warm up. So I think that just fueled the guys going into the the first snap and first series on defense. All right, City Brown there talking with Scott Ritchie. Secondary, uh, I don't know what Virginia will end up being, but they looked awfully good. They really, really did, and they seem to be just fine in a man coverage. The, the front line going into the year, we felt pretty confident about the defensive backs, and they are indeed proving that. So hopefully those guys stay healthy and they can keep locking them down. You kind of wonder what happened on those couple breakdowns when it came to Indiana, but, you know, you, you learn from it and you move on, and, and yeah, Sidney Brown putting together a, a good start to his senior year. Oh yeah, I saw Sandy Alderson is officially getting ready to step down finally as president of the Mets, who hmm. the Cubs just finished sweeping, and one of those obscure stats, but it was the first time a team 20 games under 500 swept a team 30 games over 500 on the road in MLB history. So, walk, wacky coincidence, I don't know, but I'm telling you, I think the Cubs are getting ready to turn a corner. Look out in free agency. Yep, I might buy some stock if uh, if I were you. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have Funky Friday to finish tomorrow with a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody involved in the show today. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Sound on is coming up.